Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Guy. Hello, Welcome Tim. to the fourth episode of the sixth season of The Worst Idea of All Time with yourself, Guy Montgomery, and, and myself, Tim Bat. We're really physically close together for this yes. record. Yes. We have watched I F9. want to lean back, but there's not enough slack on the line. It's, it's good context, though. It will, it, will, it will sort of explain the intimate air and the the soft, sonorous tones of our voice today as we whisper to one another our thoughts on F9, the ninth instalment. I want to be chill. Okay. You know what I mean? And the fourth screening of the ninth instalment in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Because I just watched a very long, it felt very long. Felt like a very long movie today. It is long. A very long movie. Life is long. Oh, that's pretty good. That's about as good as it's going to get. Life is long and... um, on some days, Tim, Fast 9 is somehow even longer. Life is a highway. What do you want to do with it? Uh, I want to turn it into a more pedestrian-friendly, cycle-accessible You want to pedestrianise life? Yeah, I do. Call me crazy. I just think it's and a better way And then do you want to walk it all night long? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Or cycle. Take an e-bike out there. You something. do e- you e-bike? I got an e-bike. I bought yeah. a second-hand e-bike, and it rips. How's that going? Yeah, I love it. It's no. I don't, how many Fast and the Furious movies do you think there needs to be till they get to a point where they're like, a, we're out of other vehicles, and b, it's like socially acceptable now for tough guys to be on e-bikes. As soon as I mean, twenty-six, I think they'll be on e-bikes before they'll be in e-cars. <laughs> nah. The, EVs probably that'll that's a good thing to do for ten. I think fast ten is like you know ten such a significant number. You want to have a um, a real mood shift. It's it's about the future. It's like guess what? We're in fucking souped up Teslas now, and so and and uh, Shalice Theron has taken over the AI self driving thing, and so now there's it's like all the cars are driving at dominic toretto and he's the one guy who didn't trust self-driving cars so he's still in like a beat up stick shift charger Mm. and all the teslas are like boxing him in on the highway it'd be a good scene it's like the um reverse of his control of the magnets in this yeah yeah exactly 
with the magnets, there's this beautiful scene where all the cars are kind of being hurled at um, this big truck that's careening down a Georgian main thoroughfare. And do you know the crazy thing about it? Yeah. It's less interesting than it sounds. It was exciting the first time we watched it. And I still, it's a very, it's impressive filmmaking, I think. I actually think it looks pretty good. But maybe you don't agree. We're different people. I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't think it looks good. It's that, um, you feel nothing. The, yeah, these, these, these movies, unsurprisingly, most movies, as it turns out, are not made to withstand, um, this level of scrutiny or just general rewatching, especially, Blockbuster action films. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise's films are probably the exception in the knowledge that those are all, all of the action sequences are filmed for real. Mm. And so there is a genuine intrigue and risk and like an excitement to revisit them. But when you know all of it is CGI'd, yeah. it removes a certain level of investment, I think. Like that, this is what I noticed today, Tim, is it's really lacking a certain movie magic. This the movie, flashback scenes have got it in spades. Even those, they've got a lovely grade. They've got a sort of it's all. They all feel like they're set in golden hour. Even yeah. when you know he's in prison, yeah, you feel like the sun it's is like, setting ooh, yeah. in a way that is not scary on the prison. Yeah, in a yeah, way yeah. that's like, oh, it's nice light in here right now. Yeah, I want to be at the beach. I feel like I am at the beach. But I'm, you know, it's not to, it's not to deny that the action sequences are big. But big doesn't necessarily mean good. Well, it's a good one-time thing, and I think this is the problem with what we've decided to do. The action movies are made to be consumed once, maybe twice if you're into it. mm. But once you've seen all the set pieces and you know all the twists, there's not a lot for you to do while you're just sitting there watching two hours and 20 minutes of Vin Diesel. I'm I'm thinking back to the first time. the, the, The twist in this movie that sort of... The bait that's on the hook, the carrot that's on the stick, the thing that keeps you invested the first time you see it is the twists and turns of John Cena and Vin Diesel's relationship as yeah. brothers, Dominic yeah. and Jacob, and the sort of who done it nature of how complicit is Jacob in the death of their father, Mr. Toretto. And once you know how that all plays out, like I remember the first time when they're like, he did it, and you're like, oh shit. And then they're like, but it was under, you know, there were extenuating circumstances and he was just trying to do something that, that was right by the family mm-hmm. and other circumstance intervened and killed the dad. And you go, oh man, this is complex. And then you sort of want them to get along. Yeah. You're like, whoa, I was Dominic's a bit- got a brother. Whoa, That's he's right. evil. Whoa. Maybe he's not. That's right. Whoa, he is. Yeah. Whoa, he's redeemed himself. Yeah. And then, whoa, Jason Statham's in the credit sequence, which I forgot about. Yeah, smashing up some guy in a in a boxing bag. Jason Statham. Statham. It's sort of Helen Mirren doing Jason <laughs> Statham. You Dominic do Toretto. Do Statham. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. It's a, he can't do a th though. It's Statham. He's surely. got the same. Um, Jason Statham. He's in the same. Jason Statham. Vocal yeah. range as Vin Diesel, just with a different upbringing. Vin Diesel. No, he's yeah. high. It's interesting because it is Gravely, but it's like a higher version of Gravely. Jason, Jason Statham. It's yeah. Where is it? It's like the back of the throat, but sort of higher. D- Vin Diesel is just—he's kind of like he's down on your collarbone. Jason Statham. <laughs> Jason Statham's done well for like you know him and Vin have both arguably been narrow cast, except he gets to play the same character in a wide variety of movies. Movies, whereas Vin Diesel. 
literally plays the same character in one franchise. And why? Because of what we talked about in the last episode with Paul Lev Tompkins. Jason Statham has humor. He has a sense mm. of humor. He has charisma. He can do comedy. What he you're can, saying he is can play the light and the shade. He has something um, called it. He's got it. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but he's got it. That's right. He I, does have it. Jason Statham, I think, is um, he's great. This, you seen the Crank movies? I saw the first one. Yeah. Oh man, he's got to have a certain amount. I of love ad- He's got to maintain a certain amount of adrenaline to stay alive. That's right. Because yeah. he's sort of been poisoned a bit, and then in the second one. He still has to have the same amount of adrenaline to stay yeah, alive. Yeah, what is the twist? I feel they changed it a little bit, but I can't remember it's exactly. Probably the how. ways in which he maintains the level of adrenaline would be one of the main things you'd change. I feel like they ramped it up in the sigma, but I can't remember how. It's a different, a different. He keeps way electrocuting of... himself. Does he have to like juice up a battery or something that's inside him? That would be kind of cool. Well, you have to get like lightly electrocuted every you know two hours to stay alive. That would be cool for one, or that would be for a, a cool thing for a movie. Yeah, for a movie. Tim, Not this, for one. This was a real um, throwback screening for me, and that I resented um, everything and everyone. Man. Yeah, and you're, you fall under the umbrella of things I resented for the two and a half hours we were watching Fast Nine. That makes me feel nostalgic. I kind of like that. Okay. I didn't. Uh, it makes me resent like the characters for repeating the same decisions. I was actually willing Ramsey, Tej and Roman mm-hmm. into exploring the interpersonal dynamics of their relationship, maybe elevating what appears to be a semi-functioning professional friendship mm-hmm. into uh, some sort of th- thruple. There is the insinuation, I, I feel, and I might be wrong, of some sort of sexual chemistry Um Never, never referred to on screen, or never really opened up. But pati- particularly between Tej or Ludacris and Ramsey, the actor's name that I don't know. Um, and I thought, well, that's a bit boring. That's a bit staid and old hat. Sure. And I thought, well, how could we enliven this? And I thought, well, yeah, this what is if, F nine. What if we had, yeah, what's a, the twist? A thruple, yeah. What's three times three? What's three squared? Nine. Yeah. What if we had? These three guys fucking each other nine yeah. times. Oh, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three just, thruples. Just, but I just really will. Yeah, three thruples. Some siblings. It's F9. Um, <laughs> F'd up. That's yeah, the subtitle. Family nine. But just, you know, it's it's old territory, but just w- wanting different decisions to be made within the same setting to mm. watch slightly divergent outcomes. And did they do it? No, they didn't do it. Did this, they do they exactly did. the same thing they did last week? They did. That's what they did. And did we? Uh, also, yes, yeah. we watched the damn thing. That's right. And I do, you know, I like that we're 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 back in the old school. Oh, you like this? The repeats, no phone. It's like we're doing it for. We watched it on a TV. You know, you this go, is good. And, and this the, feels right and to this, me. And the spirit of that familiarity. <laughs> I hated it, and this feels right yeah, to me. Therefore, okay. um, did you observe any extras? Like, you know, th- th- that's, I guess that is probably later terrain that we yeah, might not even uh, reach with. It. But, you know, I, yeah. f- I feel as though there's what the, the first street racing scene when. I notice a. L- oh, sorry. You or the flashback scene mm. where Vinnie Bennett's Vin Diesel, so like a young Dominic Toretto's released from prison and he has a street race with Jacob. Um, there's, that's a big set piece with a lot of extras and quite a lot of fun exploration it's to take place. Sort of. I would say about that. 
you get the feeling there's a lot of extras. I think if we started drilling into how that works, they've got about seven people and a bunch of mirrors. No, I don't think it's a. I don't think they've actually got a lot of extra. If you look at actually how they're shooting do, and stuff, I don't think they've got that many people I, there. I love they just crowd them around. The I the love two the, the idea of these high budget films um, running out. You know, like the the obscure corners in which they run out of budget. Yeah, like you know because so clearly no expense has been spared for so much of this but then to find out that like that was the last one they had to shoot and yeah, they're like yeah, oh yeah. they're out they couldn't scrounge together enough money for a bunch of people from star now or wherever you find your extras but i mean what what do you think costs more like to buy to hire 10 more extras what's the better value proposition to hire 10 more extras for a scene or to buy or rent 10 large mirrors and mirror operators i guess it's tricky because you got to be careful with those mirrors. You got to make it not too obvious, <laughs> eh? Yeah. Like the people who are running the mirrors, surely those are more specialized, skilled technicians than just extras. Yeah, they cost a bit. It's like getting a really good puppeteer. You would think that anyone could, you know, put their hand up a puppet and make a puppet come to life. Anyone could point a mirror somewhere. No, you couldn't be more wrong. I- to do it at the level that is required to get away with it in a hollywood movie you need the best mirror operators yeah. out there and I, they're not cheap i would never think and they're unionized are they well yeah of course the, the mirror guys yeah, the mirror guys they're like a famously dogged union just before we get get back onto them i just want to say i would never assume um that anyone could operate a puppet even the simple oh, really hand up the ass child's puppet i think um puppeteers are remarkably skilled practitioners and that that is something that you know would require a lot of outlay and concentration i'd be fascinated to know if any puppeteers listen to this podcast i know one puppeteer do you yep sarah sarah thompson what's the call what do you mean good value was, as a person yeah she rocks she, she always banging on about puppets no she just she's she does so many things she's mm. um i don't know her as a puppeteer she's an actor she used to run bfm yeah um she's a puppeteer from their kids show um i forgot the name of it it was, it was it's a good show though mo the mo show yeah yeah i, I remember the mo puppeteer show on there wow yeah it's funny all these little skills that actors have to pick up you know to make ends meet it's a well and if they're if they're like able to they often get it in sort of adjacent fields mm. to acting so you know like puppeteering and stuff it's but cool you know what it's like the same thing as um acting where it's like if it's not if you're not breaking it big then you wind up working in subs- subsidiary avenues of acting like you'd be performing in ads you know which i've done of course and then you know you wind up puppeteering in ads and then it's like not only are you not doing exactly the thing you want but you're like doing it through a you know you're like nah, this isn't what i imagined this isn't what i imagined no gig's a gig it's great stuff you did you're entertaining people I agree. and when it when the money comes in to tim a gig is a gig do you think but when you're performing the job it's a gig is not a gig do you think a there's um, a sliding scale is there a enjoyment? difference between an actor and a mirror actor do you have to have such a <laughs> symmetrical face to get away with it or do you actually want somebody who doesn't so have wait, such a symmetrical uh, face? this is a whole other avenue of expense so you're saying not only do you have to hire the the mirror technicians who are unionized Heavily and unionized the mirrors, industry but it changes the um range and sort of style of actor i'm asking the question well, I mean, all of a sudden we've gone from... that you do probably need... You know... Because um, we watched the whole, a, the whole credits. This was a big... Yeah. There's a on. lot of people involved. Yeah. Um, there was a thing on TikTok, I think, of, at TikTok of people freaking out when they reverse 
you know, reverse switch their face. It mm. would sort of become slightly horrifying for them. A little bit of uncanny, uncanny valley, valley yeah. situation. And it, it, it's sort of, it's like, you know, if you accidentally put someone on screen whose face looks real fucked up when you mirrorize it, it's no good. So you've got to get these special actors. So, but this is what's uh, is interesting to me. So that they, they've run out of budget. So we've blown up too many cars. We've sent too many people this to space. The, you're very hung up on the budget. Th- I don't know if that's the reason. Maybe it's easier to wrangle seven people and three mirrors rather than 21 extras. One of the big things in films is you don't want to see the cat, unless it's a documentary, in which case even then you don't want that because it punctures the world. There's so much that goes into not getting any of the crew. If you've got seven actors yeah. and however many mirrors yeah. and you're trying to represent sort of 60 to 100 people. If you did it right, though, what would happen is you could show, because you wouldn't be seeing the exact same angle repeated. So it's kind of like, so here's what you'd see: Seven fronts of these actors. And then if you do the mirrors right, you're sort of seeing like another seven so, backs. Okay, so, so you wouldn't put it together so, in your head. Also then, because I imagine that we would recognise the profiles. outfits as one, you'd also have to have a wardrobe department who stitched together different front and back costumes. Very doable. You've got to have a it's whole not, outfit anyway. Just, Why not just split the panels and the colours three ways? This should be the leading feature of what is discussed about the film. This I is mean, when people talk about movie magic, this, this is, is what they're ma- referring this, to. This, this is the thing. This is why this is so exciting. This is literal movie magic. Yeah. Like, CGI, you know, you can recreate people. You can fill out a crowd using a computer. Yeah. But to successfully create a scene full of extras using seven people, your mirror unions, yes. <laughs> your wardrobe experts, who I suppose are probably in cahoots with the mirror unions. They work together closely on a lot of films. Absolutely. So used to each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, who, whose governance, uh, who's, what producer... Who's who was like? This is how we're pursuing. You're not going to like the answer to this. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. What what is even your question? What producer brought? Well, like all it's of just it's just such it's together? such a um, stylistic, you know, departure from how the rest of the film is made. That you just think that because you see what you see on screen, you never kind of like you know take it apart in your head. And you do. There's an extra. There's an extra. There's an extra. But in fact, you've only seen one extra and three mirrors. What? (laughs) Is every extra in this movie? No, I'm just saying. If you see like three people, you might be looking at three people. You might be looking at one person and some very talented unionized mirror operators. What's the? I mean, what, what are the odds? What's the likelihood? In this movie, pretty high because there's not that many extras. It's just easy to wrangle. You've, you're dealing with so many cars all the time and Vin Diesel and he's got a whole fucking entourage. So it's like there's so many people, personalities, egos, legal wranglings to make sure that a punch doesn't look like it's actually landed too hard on Vin Diesel. So his fucking representation gets on board to pull the pin on that day's shooting and you've got to fucking re-script a goddamn fight scene with him. Um, you got all of that to worry about. So you want as few extras as possible, really. So you can just have a first AD, one unit, that's it. And he's looking after the mirror operators and what's, seven what, people what's the, rather than fucking like three different units. What's the situation if um, they nail a fight scene? You know, there's one extra mm. rendered seven times, but also you're picking up a boom and, you know, the corner of a camera in frame for the fight scene. Like, Why would that happen? Well, because, you know, obviously, even if you get the best guys on every single part of the job, errors are going to be made. These these mirrors just introduce such a... No, you take multiple takes. In the same way that, you know, you could you could see a boom with a, you know, a camera operator who was not good at their job. 
These are the best in the biz. These guys are good. Yeah. They've been working for a long time getting as good as they are, these mirror operators. You've you the 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 very idea that this is part of, you know, that I'm genuinely entertaining in my head is has actually ele- elevated my viewing experience. You start thinking about it as well. You know what it also cuts down on? Number of cars they need to have in this. Because you think no, you're seeing no, no. two There's cars. No cars are in mirrors. There might be background because there's a lot of background cars in this movie no, no, as well. No. So if you just, if if instead of having to wrangle, think about it, man. You got to oh. rent ten cars and ten drivers, or five cars, five drivers, and one re- or two maybe really good mirror operators who I assume are also in cars. Yeah, they probably would need to be. So maybe you boost it up. Maybe instead of like twenty background cars and drivers, you've got like ten, and then two mirror operators, and that makes it. You know, you're saving money then in the production. You say, are they stunt drivers as well? Yeah, to an extent. Are they slashies? Are they like stunt slash mirror? Like mirror drivers, I guess. I think it's a specialised kind of being a, a mirror operator, eh? You it's know? sort of, I, I feel as though at this point those cars are approaching some James Bond technology where they would read as invisible, you know? That's silly. <laughs> I don't deserve that. <laughs> I do not deserve this kind of treatment. <laughs> the James Bond invisible car, that was a different idea where <laughs> it had cameras on the back and then the front had a projector that would project what was being seen onto the front, which you, is actually a pretty good way of dealing with the invisibility well, idea. Your, That's how you do it. Your, That's how I'd do it. Your brain functions in a way that I, I actually sometimes can't delineate the line where you are willing to suspend your disbelief and go along with some sort of um, ludicrous technical imagining or creation in a film and you like you're like, yeah, yeah, I can see how they've gotten on that train of thought and you're willing to believe it. And other times where your brain interferes and says that's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's confusing. Like because oh. I was thinking during this movie I was trying to cast us or cast you inside of the film. I was thinking, which of the fast fast and the furious crew are you? Ramsey, yeah, surely. and Ramsey was where I got to because she's always pulling out little doodackies, like little f- flip open. You're Roman, am I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, absolutely. I think you're he's Roman. Like you he's know, awesome. He's demonstrably the stupidest one. He's the funniest guy there. <laughs> he's not that stupid. He managed to um, fly a car, and uh, he worked out that Ludacris's necklace was not in fact silver because silver is not ferrous that was actually it gets um, attracted to the metal to the magnet it's possible he knows that but that read is a slightly unrealistic moment to me today it stuck out to me too i was like that guy doesn't know that but how would he know that what do you mean how would he know that yeah people know things what do you mean i don't know i don't know anything you would i reckon you'd know that about silver though you'd know that um it's not magnetic how would i know that i don't know so we're ramsey and roman i reckon and in Which my, means we're two parts of the thruple. That's right. And my imagination is our Tish. I guess so far it would have to be Paul. He's the only guy. Oh, Paul, he's, the, he's the only other guy <laughs> we've asked into the dojo. Yeah, that's pretty good. Not a bad thruple. No, no, no. Conversationally, certainly keeps things moving, keeps Absolutely. things interesting. Yeah, it would be. It'd be good. Uh, who else could you be? I could see you as. Um, it's interesting because when... Tradi- There's shades of Otto, but, you know, it's not the complete package. I think you're a mix of of probably Otto and, and Roman, but 65% Roman, 35% Otto. I don't mind that. 
actually I'm going to go 60-40 because I think you 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 cut a closer physical figure um, to Otto. Oh, allow Yeah, slender, you look great in a suit. I think Roman would be... Do you think be, I look good in a suit? Yeah. I don't wear suits that often, you know. You wore it for the spelling bee. I've seen you at weddings. Yeah, you have. You have seen me at weddings. It happens. Yeah. And you, and you look great. Oh, well, thank you. Slender gents such as ourselves, we're lucky in that respect. Whenever I wear a suit, I always think it's crazy to me that people put this on like to go and send emails. <laughs> you know? Well, it's yeah, a big yeah, part yeah. of the performance. It's yeah. like, I've got to do this to go and... It is a performance, isn't it? It's like, a fucking rort. Fill out a subject line. I... That was um, such a big thing. I remember when I um, left my office job and started working in radio and just the feeling of not having to wear formal like, mm. like dress wear to go to work was such a big thing. Mm. It was mentally. It was like, this is, this is a whole other ball game. And people but have to put on this restrictive, stupid shirt. People fly, in the, people fly in these outfits. I think you get used to it, but sadly, I think it's a meeting together of um, your, you kind of get used to wearing it. There's a getting in the bathtub kind of a thing. You get used to the water, but also I think a bit of your soul dies when you wear a suit for long enough. And that's part of the acclimation to it. Do you know what I like about suits? The inside pockets. Really good. I still like that. Have you ever worn one that's got an inside pocket at the bottom? Yeah. That's pretty good, eh? What do you put in there? Because it's got to be quite well, light. I, don't know. I, I bought a um, sort of a jacket. It's like a... a blazer? It's sort of like a... The, the most... No, it's not a blazer. It's not formal. It's like a French painter's jacket is kind of the... It's not for it's not French and it's not for painting. But, you know, it's the, that's the sort of... That's in my head, the description of the jacket. And okay. it's got... I've, I've been... Tra- I've traveled in it and it's got like a pocket... On the inside, and it's like the perfect pocket. You can put your passport in there, and you've got to fill out that paper form when you're mm. going to a different country, and it's yeah. always too big for any of your other pockets, and it yeah. gets rumpled and crumpled. Yeah, yeah. I put that in the passport. That's I great. put the passport with the paper in the pocket. Yeah. I put the pen in the pocket. Yeah. And I'm just like, I honestly, this is living. that is how I feel. And I honestly, I feel like the smartest motherfucker on the plane when I like take it out and I start filling it out. I'm like, yeah. I got all my shit in here. Yeah. You know, I don't need to be getting up and getting my bag out from above the... Oh, God, that you know, shits me. Yeah. I don't even have to put it in the pocket, the plane pocket, because it's in the the painter's pocket. Ah, oh, heaven. So good. And that, you know, I mean, that people in suits, it's different, because the pockets are slimmer and trimmer, and I don't know that they can fit the big bit of card in. And you also, they're, they're wearing a whole fold suit. It up. You can put a... You, you can, shouldn't fold it up. The, the declaration form? You shouldn't fold it up. Brother, let me tell you about that declaration form. They throw those away. <laughs> the, I know. I do not understand why we're doing those. It's crazy. You go into it because I think it was in the news, like just pre-pandemic or something, and someone figured out, and then it was on. It was like these fuckers are just throwing these away as soon as they get. They're not for anything. No, they look at them. Though. You put the declaration on. You tick all the boxes that say like you I'm say, not carrying twenty thousand yeah, dollars yeah. cash on you're me. Not, you're not bringing I don't in have food. Tobacco. You say this is what my email address is. This is my yeah. phone number. This yeah. is where I live. And first off, I don't feel comfortable just putting that on a card and giving it to fucking you know anyone at the airport. No, it feels you've very got, loose. You've and got a lot nothing, of enemies at the airport. There's nothing on there as well that says like we'll protect this. It's just like you have to fill this out. It's analog, it which is the biggest vote of confidence for the information being protected. That's true, actually. That is true. And th- but then it just feels like they. It's like you put it into a box, and that box is a paper shredder, essentially. You know? Do you know why? It's I mean, how many jobs? Because how many people are maintained? Like you. Th- when you go to the airport mm. and you give them the card, there's someone who looks at the card the first time 
and then they stamp it and put a number on it. And this is in New Zealand. Then they mm. give you the card back, and you show it to another person who tells you. They just look at the number that's been written on the card. Yeah. So, the second person certainly is. They've got to be like on the very precipice of <laughs> being realised as unnecessary. Like yeah. the first person could tell you where to walk. That's true. But they, you walk to the second person, and they just tell you to keep going in the direction that you've already been told. How about that for a job? I often wonder about Being that. The second when person. I was when I was younger, I always thought that the 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 ideal job was the one that required the least mental and physical engagement. You know, and then the the more I think about that now, the hell. more I think, yeah, there's a lot of time in your head. But you know, you could come up with some pretty good ideas. Yeah, that's true. Write the next great novel in your head mm. while you work. Are you going to write a novel one day? No, I don't think so. You got a book in you. But if I did... They say everyone's got a book in them. It would be Fast 12. Wow. Yeah. F12. As a book. F12. And the kicker is it's it's all done in computers and the F12 is like the function key, F12. What does F12 the last do? On the row. I don't know. It's so late in the row that I think it's kind of like they ran out of... Ideas. F5 is refresh. F1 is help. F12 is like... Phew. What does the F stand uh, for? Fu- function. Ah. Uh... Uh, italics. <laughs> We've run out of jobs to throw at these keys, you know. What's italics? Control I. Mm, you got it. You got it. You got it. What was your least favorite bit of the movie? This watch guy. This fourth watch of F nine. Fourth slash ninth for us. What? Yeah, I mean, it's not technically canon, but we did. I think we talked Pre-load. about this in the first yeah, episode, did. though, that we did, we, you know, we, we dipped in we preloaded four or five never, times yeah. and the, at the, the cinema. The lethargy or the sort of hangover of having that many residual viewings yeah. drifting around in my consciousness, yep. that adds up, you know, that's, starting, that's weighing heavy. I mean, it's look, a killer. We're not, half, do you know, we're not halfway, but by the time we reach Edinburgh next week, when we, Edinburgh. Watch, the, when we watch the movie. Yeah. We're going to be halfway through the first instalment of our fast journey. Oh, we're halfway there. Yeah. Whoa, living on a prayer. Oh, wow. You actually, you sung that. Uh, you sung it well. You were faithful to the lyrics. I thought you were going to either bail out of the actual song or the earnest performance. Now nah, here we are. Here we are. Least favourite. Least favourite. Yeah, come on, man. We just watched two hours and 20 minutes of a movie that you've seen many times before. You did not enjoy this watch either. You were in pain. I know. You, you hated honestly, it. Honestly, you've really... Um, and it was like, normally I feel like for, for where you were at mentally and emotionally, I've seen you watch a lot of movies you don't like you know, multiple times. And normally, I think your body shuts you down when you are so not into it. But I think it's so early in the day, and we're in a we're in a the living room. There's a lot of light, and you were kind of trapped <laughs> into being awake. Like normally, you were just your body would just be like, "There's not enough here for me. I'm going to escape into the dream realm." But you couldn't get there because yeah. you, you're not sleepy enough. It's noon right now at time of recording. You know. First of You've all, you've had your sleep. I'd like to think you've I, had a coffee. I could have slept. <laughs> you looked sleepy, but it was just you checking out. I was checked in. I, I you think were paying attention. To, to, you, you did the task, but you were checked out, man. That's true. That's fair. That for a lot of people is a day at the office. Yeah, 
And it was a day at the you office what, for I you. I mean, you, while we were watching this, you turned to me and you said, what we do, <laughs> what we do is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I nodded vigorously like, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of within the context of doing a podcast. And I stand by the words. Yeah. What we do is, what we do is hard. Yeah, it is. Because you forget when you're in the first and second watch, but we like we're just starting, I think, to get into the trough now, oh. where it's like, this is tricky. We gotta go. We've we gotta go guest on next week. We need yep. fresh. We need fresh legs. A hundred percent. I quite agree. I think about every second episode, I would like us to have a guest. Yeah. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think that the, the part I disliked the most or that I I sort of hated was it's it's usually something that Vin is doing yeah um it's hard when he's the star I, don't, I I mean like honestly it's interesting you've the conversation about the mirror operators the power of that has immediately reflected some sort of Thank fresh you. energy or glory upon the film we watched so mm. I the intensity with which I didn't like it a lot of that has been removed in the intervening moments which is what like I guess we've been talking for half an hour or something check the tapes um, he's right so but yeah i mean i suppose the part i hated the most was the the bits with um vin diesel today <laughs> which is you know that's quite not, a lot of it yeah that's not good that doesn't bode well it's just like there's something about his acting style that it, oh it's just because it's because he's bringing a lack of humour that would work in a drama. Drama, this ain't. There's not the infrastructure to carry this as a heavy, dark film, but that's the energy he's bringing to his and character. There's also the... Um, Same with Letty, but she gets away with it. Like, Letty is an incredibly humorless character and performance as well. 
Do you know but I think Michelle Rodriguez is such a good and committed actor that for some reason, and, and I, I, I guess there's less. I think there's also, there's a, there's a um, you know, there's a story there. There's a reflection of real life interpersonal dynamics within a relationship where. Brought to us by the magic of the mirrors union. Yeah, just where, well, no, I think this is by the magic of script writing and performance and, you know, maybe ver- even verisimilitude within the film. But I imagine that That's we not will... a word I would associate with F9, but go, please go on. Oh, they got cars. It really sells it. <laughs> um, I think if as we track backwards, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that Letty, there's a lot more humor in her and that there's a lot more sparkle Um I don't think and so. And that that is that is slowly driven out the more that her character's story arc oh, okay. and purpose is tethered to being in a relationship with Dominic Toretto. But I reckon the further we get back and the further she's removed from that, the more that we might see, you know, a wicked glint in the eye. I've just realised what Helen Mirren's um, pronunciation of Toretto reminds me of. It's Nick Frost saying Cornetto. Cornetto. Cornetto in uh, Shaun of the Dead. I actually watched the third. Do you want anything? Cornetto? Cornetto? I just watched the third installment in the Cornetto trilogy, The World's End. Oh, yep. For the first time. Yeah. What'd you think? I I thought it was good. It was not as funny as the other two, but it was... was... Is The World's End the one with Michael Cera in it? Or am I thinking of a different... No, that's Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. No, 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 no. It's like, it's an apocalyptic movie. Oh, that's, that's an American one, right? Yeah. Where it's all the guys in a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, it's a pub crawl with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And yeah. Like Simon Pegg's this sort of loser who never grew out of his high school coolness. And what's he, the, what then happens? What's the kind of uh, There's like, there's some sort of aliens or shapeshifters who are, oh. have infiltrated this small town. Oh, so and it's they have like, to like a take on um, the body snatchers or something. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back and watch all those old films. You know. Well, in between screenings of 2021's Fast 9, Tim, you certainly can. Brother, here's the thing about that. It simply must be done. I need to water down how much concentrated Fast and Furious there is in my film diet. I am clogged up. It, it, my guts are filled <laughs> with Fast and Furious. So, And it's not a good feeling. I feel bloated and disgusting and I need to get some good cinema fiber in there to flush it out and just you, dilute it a little you, I bit i know well you got it you got to do it i just want to say that um so I, I funnily enough we've been talking about planes and whatnot i was i watched this movie on a plane yesterday good for you brag and hearing us i was remembering that um fast nine was in 2021 uh-huh and I remember that we were doing this, we were watching it at the cinema in the same way we did with doolittle yes and doolittle was an offering on the plane oh but it was the categorization was what drew my eye. Yeah. Because it used to be like you could watch classics and action and stuff, and they've sort of changed the way that they present them to you. And so it's like crack up comedies, rom com, or whatever. And then you get into sort of uh, categorization by continent or country. And there was a list for European films. And the top offerings in European films are Argo, Questionable, Beetlejuice. Couples Retreat, a Vince Vaughn film, Blue Crush, a surfing movie, funnily enough, with Michelle Rodriguez. Set in Australia, from memory? Hawaii. Oh, my bad. The, <laughs> Both the, the Europe, Europe of America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doolittle, Godzilla vs. Kong, <laughs> and Bullet Train. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing over there? Is this Air New Zealand? This was Air New Zealand. Air New Zealand, sorted out, guys. We were far away enough that, um, you know, like we're in New Zealand. What do they know about Europe? Like, well, none of these are from here. 
My God. Hey, well, speaking of planes, we've got to land this one, brother. Do we? Yeah, we absolutely do. We simply must. Do you have what? any conversational gambits that you want to cross off before we do that? Uh, nothing comes to mind. I mean, there's so much that could be said about F9. The, the fuck, what is it? The Fast Saga. Mm. That's how this movie is described by its... This is how it self-identifies the in saga? the credits. Is it just called The Saga? No, no, no. The, the, I, think it's the, I think it's F9, semicolon... The Fast Saga. Aye. That's a weird name for a movie, man. Um, That's all I've got to say. I've said my piece. Let's move on. You mentioned your shining light to me in the hopes that I would help you remember it, and it was something to oh, do with... Oh, I know with, what it was. Go ahead. Um, so, we're right at the start of the movie. We're in Monte Quinto. Which I believe is played in the film by Thailand, by the way. <laughs> yeah, shout out Thailand. Great yeah. performance. The bridge has been taken out by... Who's in that car? Roman. It's the, it's the yeah, thruple. Ro- yeah, okay. Roman and Tej. Roman, Tej and, and Ramsey. Ramsey in that car. And they, it, they, they've they managed to ride the bridge as it's being destroyed in real time. They're staying just on top of it's it. A real, get across it's the a real side. Looney Tunes moment. Down to the sound effect and the Very, swinging sign. A ludicrous way to get across a bridge, you might say. <laughs> Um, so then they do it and then all that's there. So we've got missile strikes happening from these fighter jets from the Monte Quinto military, which we've got to get into the concept of Monte Quinto one of these days. Not for today. We simply don't have the time. But uh, so we've got um, Dominic and um, uh, Michelle Rodriguez Letty, Letty in the car. And they're out of options. They've got to cross this ravine to get out of the border of Monte Quinto, get out of these these this missile strike. And Dominic has made a decision in his head to use the tiny bit of like metal suspension left of the suspension bridge, a grappling to, hook, to slingshot his way around um, and just fling the car across this ravine. So he starts juicing it, pedal to the metal, reverse those. Middle no, to the, that's right. Pedal no, to the middle. I don't know. It's but look, his foot's to the floor. No, he's going quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's pedal to the middle because you yeah, push the pedal push down the to the middle of the, the chassis, I guess. There we go. That's good. Okay. So, and we're doing that. And then Letty goes, no, 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 no. And he j- and my shining light is Vin Diesel goes, mm. and then he hits the NOS and smashes the car into the middle and does you know the slingshot. But the, mm, I, like, shining light. I like that you've found light in the the darkness that is his humorless performance. I know this is pathetic, but I'm really stoked I remembered it. Oh, it's man. It's right at the start of the yeah, movie. Yeah, no, two, over two hours ago. I'm sure that everyone's going ballistic. <laughs> um, mine is the, the method of death that Han delivers to one of the... He's Actually, he's a somewhat featured henchman. It's during uh, the rolling sort of um, climactic battle scene in Tivoli in Georgia... And uh, I want to say he's French. I don't know why, but there's yeah, a, I think so too. There's a he there, is French. Him and uh, Mia, what, the Toretto sister, they climb into he this. He has cart. a line, doesn't he, and it's subtitled. So I think yeah. maybe what he says sounds French. And they're fighting off the henchman in the car. She's fighting the driver. They're trying to save Al, the key to the device, and uh, Han's daughter. He adopted, but yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Spiritual but daughter. He's um. There's a this sort of French henchman and they're they're fighting and then he's like, um, it's not really getting anywhere. There's a magnet in that thing as well. And then Han like uh, somehow throws like it's either a, a, a grenade or a landmine. It's a twist it's a, grenade. Yeah, yeah it's a it twist is. grenade or something. And he throws it onto it's the guy's like a, chest yeah. and he's hard up against the back of the 
the track and he's like, you'll kill it's us. It's like an egg timer. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's like exactly. an egg timer. And he's hard up against the back of this sort of like, you know, army truck style thing. He goes, so he's, he's being, uh, sorry, just no, to, no, I mean, context. paint he's, the picture, please. So he's got this like contraption on his back, which turns out to be sort of a parachute, but it's got metal in it. So he's being pinned to the back of mm. the truck because the electromagnet's holding him in place along That's with right. the car. And they're sort of all fighting around this magnetic force that keeps going on and off. And Han, uh, he's, he's pinned up against it, and Han takes this explosive egg timer and throws it, which is also appears to be magnetic because yes. it sort of sticks to him. Yeah. And the guy says, you'll kill us all. And then Han says, not all of us. Not all of us. And he, there's a release there's button a or something. He's a lever. He, lever. he opens the back of the door. And I guess, you know, in a different film, maybe the guy would remain magnetized to the magnet, which is on the actual flap of the door. Good point. But the parachute but, catches the wind. That's right. And he gets pulled. Like, it's a really sick way to just take care of someone. He gets pulled out of the back of the um, the army truck and he's like drifted. The parachute catches and he's like drifting in the air, like sort of 20 meters above traffic and 20 meters behind the truck. And then it just explodes. And it's like, fuck. He dealt with that guy. That guy's gone. And I thought, I just thought... It was cool. There's there's some moments of action that do still strike me as cool, you know, out of context. Or like, you know, it's like you're you're coming in and out and you see it and you're like, oh, that's, you know, I can see where they came from with that. That was a satisfying moment in the writer's room. Yeah. Or, you know, wherever this was written. Darts on a dartboard, I think, for a lot of this. Had some ideas, threw some darts. We get a movie out of it. Folks, that's about all the time we've got for this episode, but I'd like to thank you very much for joining us. I would actually like to do that too. And I'd like to say to everyone in Australia and New Zealand that I'm I'm going to be on tour in 2023 and you can find tickets uh, if I'm coming to your town, which is pretty, it's a pretty high chance at guymontgomery.co.nz. Bye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.